Welcome to the After Hours Sessions podcast. I'm your host, D-Rock, and today I'm joined by an incredible guest. This is someone who is really just one of the big, biggest and best names in the, in the adult entertainment industry. Someone who is also a fellow podcaster, and I've grown to really enjoy her podcast that she does with her husband. It's really awesome. But someone who's just is so interesting and just really making a great name and has been for the past decade. And I'm honored that she agreed to come on to the show. So give it up for the one and only D Siren. D, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me start off since I'm always curious when I get to talk to a fellow uh, podcaster. How has uh, how has the podcasting uh, world been treating you? I, you started it. Did you started before quarantine or right when that hit? Um, I think I started right before um, quarantine, so maybe a couple of months before uh, we had started recording, and um, yeah, so I think I had a few episodes in before COVID came around or I mean I guess it was around probably before <laughs> that but, but you know before we got shut down I I had a few yeah I know for sure I did because we were still filming at that time and I had some uh, interviews already at that stage so yeah we were already kind of going along for a little bit and then shut down okay how, how has it been um be, you know getting into the podcast getting to the uh, the broadcasting game um, I love it. Uh, I I have a great time. I, I transition. Well, it started out uh, mainly my husband and I, you know, telling our stories. Uh, we've been in the adult industry since 2009. And before that, we were swingers. So started out how we met and how we got into the industry uh, or into the swinging world and then into the industry. And and pretty much the he and I um you know, he said, she said kind of conversations and then, um, really have, um, transitioned to doing more interviews with my friends in the adult industry and getting to know more about them, not really about their lives in the industry, but more about their lives outside the industry, um, and focusing on them as people rather than just as porn stars. So, right. No, it's awesome. I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed both the the episodes that are you and your your husband Wayne, and I've also enjoyed when you've had your friends. I think it's always that's why I enjoy doing the podcast because getting to see the whole you know story behind a person and not just I mean the you know the industry whether you know kink or adult entertainment it's really it's interesting. But like I want people to be able to like to tell their whole story and what their passions are and why they're into it and what their interests are in it, in the industry, but also outside of it as well. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. So it's kind of, it's definitely my thing now. So, okay. and I do a lot of, um, I do a talk show live on ePlay um, weekly. So several days a week, I do a talk show live on Instagram and also on ePlay for several hours. So it's uh, something I spend a lot of time doing. So, <laughs> Okay. That's awesome. So now are you, were you always like kind of a, a person like who liked being like in front of the spotlight or is this kind of, is that like an adjustment for you, whether on screen or during like podcasting? Like, 
is that different for you or you kind of always were naturally like to be in, in, you know, the center of attention? Well, I mean, obviously my job. <laughs> right. In the adult industry, I'm the center is it, of attention. <laughs> is it, but is it like natural for you or is that kind of like a, a hard transition? Oh, no. I, well, I mean, I, I always enjoy talking. I, it's something I, I've always enjoyed radio. I've done tons of radio. I've, I've been on Vivid and Playboy Radio and, and done tons of that already. So it, I've really always been interested in, in doing that more full time and, and spending a lot more time on that and conversations. And, and to be honest, like, well, I, so just my history a bit, I, I was a teacher, so mm. I have a degree in psychology, a degree in sociology, and um, I was a an elementary school teacher. So, I, I mean, I've always had uh, a knack for speaking and, and teaching, um, and that's really where I guess my gifts as a person lies, is to be a teacher. And I, I feel like at this stage of being in this industry, I have come full circle during the pandemic, I, I became a certified sex educator and, and now I'm a, a life coach, um, a certified life coach. So, you know, I, I've kind of taken everything that I've done in my life and, and put it all together. And, and now it's just a matter of sharing all my knowledge and, and being able to help others, um, you know, learn their own life path and, and the best way for them to, you know, reach their goals. Oh, oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. And I definitely want to, in a little bit, ask you more about your your career going, you know, being a sex educator, because I think that's so cool. Um, but you're talking, you said you're a psych major and you're talking to a fellow psych major. So that, that's right on. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, just so growing up when it came to, it could be anything, but we'll, you know, focus on like sexuality. Would you say you were always like curious about that or were you kind did you grow up in more of a like vanilla kind of way? Like how, how, how were you like growing up with that? So, um, I grew up in a very, not a religious home or anything like that, but just a very, um, conservative family. Um, I was not taught about sexuality at all. That's not something like we talked about. Um, I pretty much learned about sex from my mom talking to my older brother and kind of just listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it wasn't like mom talked to me, even though she insists that she did. But now she realizes she didn't because I, I tell her these things. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, it was just a, a conservative Texas family. I'm from Houston. And, and yeah, we didn't really talk about those things. It was just more like, okay, I guess we just move on and you just figure it out yourself. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it's still very much a prevalent attitude is to, you know, even recently I had a mom tell me, you know, I'm just waiting for her. She's talking about her daughter and that, you know, she's the teenager and she's just waiting for her to turn 21 so that she doesn't have to worry about her anymore. And, mm. um, you know, and my attitude towards that is, you know, you're missing a whole chunk of her life. Um, and so many experiences with her that you can be involved in and teaching her and, and really being able to influence what she's doing and, and, you know, the experiences that she's having so that you can have that communication and you're not afraid to discuss things with them, but 
unfortunately, there's a large portion of our population that has not been educated um, sexually, and therefore they don't know how to educate their children. Um, right. So they don't know how to talk to them and they don't know how to handle it. So instead it's like, oh, I just get nervous and I feel weird. And so I'm just going to shut up and not talk about it and hope everything turns out for the best, um, which was kind of how I was taught. Like, hope everything turns out for the best. And, you know, really, you know, what happened is I was um, really taught how to be a victim, like uh, the opposite. My mom was super, had high anxiety and, and taught me, you know, don't look people in the face and keep mm. your head, keep your head down. Nobody will pay attention to you kind of act like you're invisible. But the problem was I wasn't. And I, you know, I became a victim of uh, sexual assault as a, as a virgin, as a teenager, because I, was a victim like because i i held myself that way and you know it's easy to um become a victim if you don't know how to handle yourself so it was one of those things i i'm very open about it because i feel Mm -hmm. like it's something that people need to talk about um you know one in three women are sexually assaulted or harassed in our nation one in four men are and it's a huge problem and it's something that people just don't speak of because they're ashamed and there's too much shame and issues around sexuality in our society so that people just feel like if I talk about it then there's it's my problem but it's not their problem it's the problem that's the person that's doing it and the problem that we just aren't confident in how we handle ourselves um, and especially women and you know, situ- that we are, I mean, basically afraid of men from a young age because of, you know, unfortunate situations. I mean, that's one in three people, right? <laughs> you know, so yeah, I mean, it, I was, I was basically raised to not know how to handle anything. And so once that happened, um, I became extremely knowledgeable um, as a teenager about sex and became over-sexualized because I, it was either become a true victim where you can't handle anything um, and shut off the world or, you know, become a survivor, um, which I feel like, you know, when it comes to our industry, we get a bad rap. Um, we like to be, uh, the public likes to lump us into uh, criminal activity or things on the lines of human trafficking and like we are not consensual workers um, and that we all have issues, but the fact is, is that most of us, if we have help, had any form of, uh, you know, sexual assault, which, you know, of course we have, because again, one in three people have, that right. we're the survivors of these things. You know, we take the situation and we make it uh, something that we've survived and we're strong and we're positive and, and we become super strong regarding that fact of our lives because sex is a basic instinct it's not something that you know we just act like it's i don't know society treats it as if it's it's something shameful and strange when right it's really not (laughs) it's no and 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 i so appreciate you 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 sharing all all of that um because i think it's so important you know i 
I compare it, you know, I work in the field of social work and a lot of times I'm talking with like my clients and it's, it's, you know, it's different, but like the mindset to me is still similar where a lot of times they don't know how to like handle their finances, but then the people who raised them didn't know how to handle finances and the people didn't raise them. And so it's like the blind leading the blind where like no one is really being truly educated and to an extent, how can you expect them to like have known like growing up how to like handle that topic when they the people who were raising them didn't know how to talk about and handle that topic so i I, you know i appreciate you saying that because i feel like um and i don't know is this because there's so much because of the internet or streaming stuff like tv but i feel like people act like you know that puritanical age of like back in like the 50s and 60s like that's when that happened with like you know like it's weird to talk about sex, but now like we could watch, you know, look at movies and porns on the internet. But I tell people we have so, so, so far to go to being a society that really respectfully talks about this and really educates young men and women on this topic. Well, and, and, you know, we say that we've grown on it, but there's a huge war against adult entertainment right now. Yes, absolutely. And it is all being done by, anti-porn um groups that are extreme religious groups and they are those are the types of groups that hurt people's um hurt people and their psyche if you want to say because Mm -hmm. they damage them um when it comes to their sexuality um because it is all about shame and it is all about guilt and it, and it comes from nowhere. It literally comes from an old age tradition. Um, and, you know, when you think of tradition, you're literally making rules and regulations based on dead people. And that's it. Like, you're right. making your, your decisions based on rules of, of people who've died hundreds of years ago and sticking to it and saying, this is how it needs to be. Well, who makes those choices? Like, why are we following those rules still? We don't have to. We just, when you live in a society, and and it honestly comes down to we ha- we live in a patriarchal society that wants to keep things the old way, right. and and that's just because you keep control of the masses when you keep things the same way. That's just how it works in in history and any society. But if you want to change and if you want to grow personally as a society, whatever, you have to realize that society's changed by you changing those rules and realizing that you can change them. You don't have to follow old traditions that don't even make any sense and realize that, you know, we, we're mammals. We, we are part of the animal world. We are part of this earth. We are part of this universe. We, I mean, we're all connected and we need to stop putting so much pressure on each other and, and, allowing society to tell us that you know what something that's super basic that literally is the reason why we exist is a bad thing and we and we don't need to shame each other just because we have different ways of expressing our sexuality because that's all super personal and Mm -hmm. everyone has different ways and there's different reasons for it there's absolutely different psychological reasons for people enjoying different kinks or different things and it's it's not something that another person really should have any say so in 
Absolutely. Now, um, well, I have a couple because I'll ask it now. So when you decided to, you know, become a sex educator and an intimacy coach, what's something that what probably I'm not sure how long you've been officially like a a coach, um, but like what what is something that's really like grabbed you like that? I know so much of it probably you're attracted to, but is it like that psychological part of like why someone's attracted to this kink or fetish or what's the part that kind of like jumps out to you the most? Honestly, honestly, it's just the, the understanding of intimacy in general um, mm-hmm. that probably, I mean, it, it's not one thing. It's everything. I'm like I said, I'm a teacher. That's just my um, gift. I, I believe I've, everyone has a gift and it's just a matter of, you know, finding your gift in life. Um, it's not your job. It's just your gift. It's what, you know, what are you, is, is the thing that you are meant to do. And I've always been somebody who's capable of teaching others and sharing information and the knowledge that I have. I'm a super reader. I spend most of my time reading. And if I'm not reading, then I'm listening to others, to, you know, sharing their knowledge um, so if it's not on a podcast, it's on a, some kind of course online and, and I just, I'm just, you know, all about new information and learning new things and expanding my own mind and learning about, uh, controlling my mind. And I, I, could, right. I, I could go on and on and on. No, I, I, <laughs> I love that. it um, I, because, um, because I think, and I'm not saying that, you know, until I had to kind of put the work in myself. But I, when people hear intimacy, they just think between, they think romantically between, yeah. you know, two people. But intimacy is so much more than that. Just, it's not just your your romantic partner. It's it's friendships. It, it's it's so much more. But people just kind of think intimacy is whoever I'm, you know, dating or I'm, you know, it was my partner. Well, exactly. And there's actually five forms of intimacy and um i have a website it's called thelovesiren.com that's my intimacy and relationship coaching website and awesome i I do have a blog um which is the intimacy universe blog and i've written uh, several articles on it but basically um you know what most people consider sexual intimacy as intimacy which is you know it was basically what it says, <laughs> you know, right. you know, the, the sexual relationship with someone else. Um, and then maybe a physical intimacy as well, which is uh, intimacy with your, that you're physically touching someone, you know, a hug, but it's platonic, maybe with your, your family or your children that, you know, you have, but even then a lot of people don't even consider that intimacy because they don't consider that word along with children. However, it is. Um, mm-hmm. That's also an intimate relationship because you are, are physically hugging them. You're physically touching them. You're, you know, that that's a form of intimacy, but there's so many more. And, you know, just you and I having this conversation is an experiential intimacy where it's an experience. We're talking to each other, right? getting to know each other and, and learning about each other. And that is an experience that we're having together. So therefore that's intimacy as well. And then there's intellectual intimacy where, again, that could be this too, where I'm teaching you or you're teaching me and I'm learning, you're learning something from someone else. And then there's um, the last one, which I always forget, um, which is um, 
uh, see, I always forget the name of it because uh, I go through them so fast. Anyway, basically where you're working with someone and, and you know, you're basically at, at work together, you know. So basically, I mean, you're talking you're talking literally every single person you come in contact with um, that you have some form of intimacy with. I mean, it's basically you can talk about the person that you see at the gas station every day, you know, when you go pick up your coffee or you see at Starbucks and you always see the same person, you have intimacy with that person and you think, well, that's crazy, but you do. And I, you know, in my opinion, I believe the way to change the world is to understand it and understand that those are intimate relationships because you do connect with so many different people in this world and we're all connected to each other. And it doesn't just have to be your little house and your own people and they all look like you and everybody talks like you No, like you have so many other people in your lives that have intimate relationships with you and it doesn't have to be your wife or your husband or your girlfriend and you have to have a label um i don't believe in traditional marriage i don't believe in traditional relationships i i am a super i don't even believe in labels all so much i mean if anything maybe a polyamorous person but I really just believe that people should live their own life path and allow people on it if you want it. And if you don't, then don't, you know, and it's your, just your choice, but you just shouldn't uh, deny the fact that you have connections with other people, because that's the only way that we're going to really understand that we're all really in this together and really a connection with the earth um, because it's important. Like this is where we live and until we get it, like we're going to keep destroying it. <laughs> no, for sure. Absolutely. No. And, and is that something um, I know, you know, obviously it's, but with like when you're either teaching someone or working with someone, there's a lot of times like, cause we, you know, we carry so much stigma from our society, especially with this topic mm-hmm. of, of sex but when you start to, you know, obviously they have to be open, but like when you start to talk to them about it, do you find that a lot of people like are like, oh, like when they really look at themselves, the way they want to experience intimacy is on that deeper level than what they kind of are going through like or showing, you know what I mean? Like, um, I think it, they, uh, yes, I think it, what it, they realize is that for one thing, they start to look at themselves because the first thing I do in any form of coaching is it's, it's really looking at you rather than your relationships. I mean, until you, until you look deep within yourselves and start doing some inner work and some personal growth, you're not going to, your relationships are not going to change because that's just external. And those relationships are never going to change unless you're willing to change yourself. And you have to take responsibility for what your part is in every relationship you have um, and see what am I doing? What, uh, you know, how do I feel about this? What do I, I, what are my opinions on it? And, and really look at yourself, you know, internally and what you can do to fix it. Um, And, and I wouldn't even say the word fix because there's really no specific answer. Um, Right. And it's really all just dependent on the person and what do you want to gain out of, you know, whatever you're working on. Um, But, you know, the best thing to do is just to start by, you know, really looking at you and and seeing, you know, where am I in this process of of personal 
experience. And, you know, I mean, I've learned this is something I'm not young. I'm in my 40s. You know, life has changed. I, I literally have been married for over 20 years. I've been with him over 25 years. Congratulations. And and, well, thank you. (laughs) Um, But again, like, I don't even believe in that traditional marriage anymore. And that's changed, you know, over the years, because to me that what I signed back when I was 19 is not the same that I even think anymore. Like, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I do the same thing, you know, because the experience is totally different. And, you know, I, I don't know if I would make those same choices because I feel like, you know, we all, I, I believe in non-traditional relationships. I believe that, you know, when it cl- comes to love, it shouldn't be limited to one person, like, nor should you even put that responsibility on one person to meet all of your needs. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. super impossible um, for one person to be everything to you because you're super, every single person is multifaceted. You know, there's so many parts to you that how can one other person be everything um and how can they meet every need it's it's really impossible which is the point of friends which is the point of you know co-workers which is the point of allowing others in your life and and not that i expect everyone to you know be as open as me (laughs) (laughs) um and and saying uh you know go do whatever you want to do but Um, I do feel like people need to realize that not only are you, I think that is the reason divorce is high and, and you, because you put these old traditional ideas onto yourself and realize, wait a minute, you know, I can't, this person can't do everything I expect them to do. Um, plus I, I believe that, you know, just in general, there is an old idea of ownership that goes along with marriage. Um, with even dating that you belong to me, I belong to you. Right. And that's, nobody belongs to anyone. We're not objects, um, which isn't, you know, something I bring up a lot in my industry because it's super easy to objectify people in the adult industry. I mean, you are watching them for the purpose of entertainment. And it's easy to say that, you know, hey, you like watching me for what I do, but Mm -hmm. you don't person, which is my point of having a podcast, which is my point of having a talk show is because I'm way more than just the person you're watching. Right. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's, it's important to realize that, you know, you don't own your wife or your husband or your partner, whatever the case is, you don't get to make all the decisions for them (laughs) (laughs) or they for you. You have to you have to realize that it's again my take on life is that you all have your own life path and if you choose to walk your paths together and you stay on the same path then that's amazing um, and if you choose to separate from each other's path for a period of time that's okay too or you let other people on your path that's okay too like if there's no set rule um, everybody has their own choices right right and and because I agree, and that's something that, um, you know, I'm in my 30s, but, like, when you're growing up, you just think, right, like, you see, you you know, you, you're younger, you buy into the whole, like, mythology. And I'm not saying that marriage can't be a beautiful thing, but, like, you, you kind of buy into that thing of, like, um, that partner, they're everything, they're this, they're that. And I, when I started kind of doing the work and, you know, seeing, like, you know, a sex therapist and, 
and really starting to really like like you said look inward at me it was like no i don't i don't want that i i don't want whoever i'm with or myself then to be like you know my the person i'm dating she's my friend she's my therapist she's my doctor she's my lawyer she's you know my workout buddy she's everything and we do all hobbies together and i started seeing that with so many you know friends of mine who were in relationships and were just willing to let their passions slash like friendships go and just willy-nilly and i used to when i was younger look at like for my friends like the person they're dating and i go wait a minute i have to check my thinking i have to look at that person like they they are going along and allowing that so like I guess, like, I know it's maybe a tough question, but when you look at, like, when you if you if I tell you, like, save me, D Rock, um, hello, oh no, are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Oh, he went out for a second. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, no, no problem. Um, so I, I it's great. I didn't. I was just getting ready to ask that the question. Um how would you say to go about it? Because like, you know, communication and respect is always very key in any type of relationship, but how would you say to go about it where, Hey, we, you know, we have those healthy boundaries and we, we communicate things, but it's not a feeling of like ownership. You know what I mean? Like trying to find that balance of like, Hey, I want you to experience everything. And I don't, there's no ownership or type of ownership or like a label, but, we still communicate and have those healthy respect for, for boundaries. And, and we can talk about if, Hey, like that, that's kind of uncomfortable for me, or I, I'm not really, that might have hurt me or offended me. You know what I mean? I think that's all. That's the key. I mean, be prepared for what your partner's going to say. Like, and, and if, like I said, and if it turns out that your paths need to separate, then they do. And you don't think, okay, I hate this person because I, we chose different paths or maybe it's just for a little while or maybe it's not, you know, people, people change, people grow. Some people don't grow, you know I mean? It, mm-hmm. Time changes everyone and you shouldn't feel like, okay, I'm stuck in this because tradition says this is how I have to be forever. And I'm stuck forever. Like my parents have been together since they were 17 and they've never been with any other people. And it's like, okay, but y'all don't even know anything like <laughs> right <laughs> honest like i mean you you don't know anyone like at all like anyone else and that's just in my opinion limited your growth as a person you i mean even to this day you know i talked to my dad about you know being more uh, woke if you want to say a more <laughs> woke person he's like who the hell wants to wake up you know i mean that's his his mentality and i'm like well I don't want to live in a life that I don't, you know, have, I want to be awake. <laughs> I want right. I want to see things as they are. I want to experience life. I want to grow as a person as much as I can while I'm here and, and be able to share that information with other people so they can grow. And so it's one of those things where I feel like, plus I'm here to teach my children and, and I feel like they can grow even further than me. If right. I, if I am able to, break those old patterns and family family trauma family generational things that are passed down that are not necessarily positive um so you know even though 
to have been married forever. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. You know, it's like, but is it? I don't know. You know, is it amazing to be married forever? Is it amazing that my mom's never, you know, dated another person? Is that amazing? I, I don't know. In my opinion, not necessarily. Because, you know, now she's in her 70s. And she's like, wow, you know, I've never actually even gone on a date with somebody else. And you're like, wow, those are like experiences you never had. And, right. you know, that's just kind of not living. <laughs> so, you know, in my opinion. So, again, everything I say is, of course, my opinion. Everything I say is based on my, sure. my own experiences and thoughts. But and, and I say that every time, you know, I have a discussion or a podcast is, you know, you you every, I, I always point out my eyes, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> the, the, my eyes are how you look into my brain and. And, you know, how I see the world is how I see the world. And no one else can see the world like I see the world. Um, so you can't expect your partner to see the world the same way you see the world. Because you have different brains. It doesn't matter if you spend every waking moment together. It doesn't matter if you have children together or have a life together and everything you do is together. You're still not going to see the world the same way as each other. Because it's just, you, your brain's just not the same. And you'll never be the same. So how I look at everything is not the same as, you know, my husband looks at everything or anybody else I know. And it's just one of those things where it's like, open your mouths and talk to each other. Talk and share. Be able to express your feelings. And don't be afraid. Uh, because I think that's what stops people is, is um, anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. And those are, those are literally just emotions and, and emotions are just a response of your body and your brain reacting to something, you know, it's just something basically saying, I'm, I'm going to be scared of this or how somebody's going to react to me. And you shouldn't have that fear with your partner. You should be able to be able to be authentically you. And that's, you know, something that I've even taught my husband is that it's okay to be authentically yourself is he like me? Absolutely not. He's <laughs> the polar opposite. And, you know, that's okay. Just be authentically you. Because, um, you know, for many, 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 many years, I was, you know, super codependent. And somebody who said, hey, you, I want to make you better because you had a hard life. Or I want to do this and, you know, help you out. And it was always in a positive way. But it was also saying, like, I'm going to try to change you, <laughs> right? you know, but you can't change people. Um, it's just that's not that's something they have to do. You know, you have to grow yourself just like he can't change me. I can't change him. Nobody can change each other. You have to change your own mind <laughs> and you have to grow your own mind and you have to learn your own ways. So I think it's just a matter of literally just stopping um, all the outside influence I mean, that's my best suggestion to anyone is, you know, taking the phone, turning it off, putting it away, spending time outside, away from, you know, the box you live in um, and literally talking um, and and discussing the things that, you know, you want to talk about and not right. be afraid of the person that you literally say is your best friend or, or your confidant to actually confide in them and and say these are the things I want to do or try or and 
you know, realize that maybe there's going to be a consequence to it, but that consequence may be your best that may, even though it may cause disruption in your life, it may be the best thing you can do. Um, and mm. you know, disruption can always turn out to be beautiful. Right. <laughs> that, no, that was awesome. That was, and thank you for saying that. Cause, um, and you might've kind of, what you said at the end kind of answered it, but I'll, I'll be honest, because with this podcast, um, and it's always, like you said, you know, with time growing and evolving, you know, it, it starts, you know, about like, a, you know, kink fetish, BDSM and, you know, session wrestling, probably my favorite um, kink. But I've had people email me and I've even been a guest on some other podcasts and, and you know, get emails from people who listen talk about that they've been married for so many years and that they are, you know, into session wrestling, but they've never told their partner because of that fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've never been married. Um, I, I've, I've had to do that when I've started dating someone I've been in that, but I've never been in that experience of being married and I kept it a secret. And now it's like, well, I, I'm thinking about maybe, you know, saying it, but it's been so long. How will my partner take it? Like, what, what do you think about like in, in that situation? That's something that you have to always acknowledge when, Hey, I never, I don't know what that's like. You know, I think it's good to be your, your truest self, but that I have to acknowledge that it's easy for me. Who's never been in that situation sure. than someone who has, you know? Well, I mean, you just have to be prepared that once you decide to be your most authentic self, once you decide to grow to that stage in your life where you're going to make those decisions that there's going to be a consequence to it. I mean, everything you do, there's a consequence. And, right. you know, is your relationship strong enough to handle the truth? You know, is it, you know, I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, I've always been somebody who's been super authentic, super truthful, because honestly, I just suck at lying. And <laughs> me I, too. I've tried and it, I get caught and I just suck at it. And, and, you know, in my opinion, like when it comes to cheating, I, I have people that are saying, you know, they're like, I, I love the, you know, cheating aspect of because I'm a hot wife and I like the cheating aspect of hot wifing. And I'm like, well, there's no cheating aspect to me because I, I don't want to cheat. I don't want to because to cheat is just a lie. Like you cheat mm -hmm. test, you're just lying. You're not the sex is not the cheating. Like sex is just sex. It's not that's not a cheat. Like you can have sex and be honest about it and say, I had sex with this other person, you know, but it's, it's just the lying. It's the covering up for what you've done. But when you're honest about your feelings and you say, Hey, I, you know, met this person, I like them and this is what I want to do with them. Well, you have to be honest. This is like the case. Like I want to be friends with this person and I like to have sex with them too. <laughs> like, you know, Hey, is this cool? Like, I mean, and, and if the person says like, no, I don't want you to, well, that to me feels like, okay, but you're making that decision for me. And, you know, where do we go from here? So, you know, those kind of things are going to happen. And those are choices you have to make. And I honestly just don't feel like other people can make those decisions for you. I, I feel like, you know what, at some point you have to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to make these decisions for myself. And if, I don't know. In my opinion, I don't feel like love should be limited to other people. I don't feel like, and I obviously, 
I'm someone who's sexually open. I, that's what I do for a living. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're somebody who's monogamous, that's different. That's a totally different relationship than I have. So, you know, if you are in a monogamous relationship, well, then you have a long way to go than to just walk up to your spouse or your partner and say, I want to have sex with this other person and you just be fine with it. Like right. got a long way to go. <laughs> like you may want to ease into that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's where it began for me is that, you know, my husband was the one who, who was interested. I went from being completely monogamous after, you know, 10 years and being mom and, and a teacher and nothing. And, you know, he's the one that was like, hey, you want to try swinging and try this, you know, and honestly, it opened me up because I was a super sexual person. And when before he and I got married Mm -hmm. and then I thought, oh, I got married. I have to just be monogamous now. I have to give up all that. I have to give up my slutty behavior. We were both the sluts and, you know, we were (laughs) sluts who dated each other. And it was like, why do we have to give up that life just because we had kids and we realized after 10 years, we don't, you know, we don't have to give up that part of ourselves just because we have children. That's just who we are. And why do we have to give that part of ourselves away just because we have children? Well, you don't, you just have to adjust and realize, okay, we're just going to obviously be good parents and we're going to like be appropriate and that's adult things to do and adult behavior. And we don't do it around our children, you know, Right. but you don't have to be a different person to fit into what everyone else expects of you. And Mm -hmm. because that's just, honestly, you're just living with a mask on your face. And, and, and if you live with a mask on for your whole life, you're just, it's hard to love someone that has a mask. Um, right. you know, it, who are you, who are you in love with? You don't even know. Um, mm, because well said. so, I mean, it's just difficult to, until you remove the mask, until you're really authentically you, and it can be as simple as I like to watch pornography. I like to play with toys. I like to masturbate. Like these are conversations people never have with their spouses and they're being sneaky and doing it when you know, their wives don't know, or their girlfriends don't know, or even their husbands don't know. They don't even realize what they're doing. And you don't even realize what maybe your partner likes because you just don't want to talk about it. And girls have the hardest time more than anybody um, because society puts so much pressure on us to be ladylike. You know, I don't know how many times I was told that during my childhood that I had to be ladylike. And it's like, what the fuck does that even mean? What do you mean, ladylike? Like, I'm, what does that mean? You know, but I mean, I even sent my own child to uh, classes on how to be, you know, proper etiquette because I'm from the South. Right. (laughs) You know, then I realized this is so stupid. (laughs) Oh, what are we doing here? Like, what am I doing? This is, you know, why is she learning this, this, the right fork? (laughs) (laughs) Right just silly but it's like again society puts us in boxes and you know we're so worried about what kind of box we live in and what kind of box we drive and what kind of you know if it's got a special name on our box and (laughs) let's monogram our box and how many boxes are you know I trust me I have a nice box to drive and a nice box to live in and how much money I can make to get a bigger box and I mean it's like how many boxes can we continue to be putting ourselves in before we realize that none of it really matters. 
in the end, it really just matters about the relationships that we have with other people, because that's really what's going to help you grow as a person and help you grow individually as yourself is the connections you have with other people on the earth. And you realize that once you start to break away all the crap that's surrounding you. (laughs) No, no, absolutely. And so now when you look back and when your husband asked you about, you know, wanting to expand, you know, your, your relationship after, you know, 10 years and you have been, you kind of were thinking like, or married, I have to be monogamous. Um, was it something like, like, was his approach, like what you said earlier, like, was his approach like the right way, like how he brought it up to you? And if he would have brought it up in the wrong way, would that have like kind of affected you, like your, your, your feelings on it at that time? Um, well, I mean, you know, we had gone through a stage of like the wrong thing (laughs) (laughs) and say like a period of the wrong way to handle situations um already um and you know gotten through that and realized like okay we're at a stage in our lives like yeah okay we kind of screwed up this stuff but we're willing to like stick this out and work together and get to really know each other better and so we were already on a growth process at the time um when it came to like really being more honest and authentic towards each other period so um it was something that was brought up not just randomly where it was like oh hey let's just do this it was more like okay we're really starting to communicate here and by the way (laughs) this is something i want i would like to do you know what I mean it right it's something that I would like you to share with me and I can honestly say like he's he had brought it up he's he was a voyeur like he's super voyeur like to watch me and he had brought it up really since we were like 20 years old we started dating when we were 19 he had brought it up even back then but of mm. course, back then I was immature and thought oh my god like what's your intention like why do you want to do this you just want to hook up with other girls like I mean it was just you know of course I had my insecurities and that's what causes jealousy um is just being insecure and you know in myself I was like I can't handle that like I knew I couldn't handle it so I didn't do it and you know it really got to a stage of okay it's been you know I'm now in my 30s and okay now I can now I can handle this mentally. And, you know, honestly, it, it, there were ups and downs. There were situations that didn't work out. There were situations that were amazing. There were great friendships. There were, you know, literally I had a boyfriend, I had girlfriends. I, I really grew when it comes to being a bisexual woman that I, I actually had relationships with girls before that, but never to that stage. And that was because of my family that didn't approve of it. And back then, I mean, I, you know, I'm a nineties, eighties and nineties girl. It wasn't okay to be bisexual back then. And Mm -hmm. I didn't feel comfortable with it ever pursuing that part of my sexuality until then, until the early two thousands when I was like, Oh, this is okay to do now, you know? So it, you know, getting into the swinger lifestyle opened that up for me. And 
made me realize, wow, I'm actually somebody who, you know, I could have a relationship with a woman. And it, it's something that I didn't even really know about myself. So, you know, it did grow my, I grew tenfold. Like I've grown so much as a person because of him opening that door. And I can't, you know, I can't go back. There's no going back to what I was before. There's no going back to being that insecure, um, non-knowledgeable, um, naive, <laughs> naive woman who thought she knew everything but didn't know anything and and <laughs> saying, okay, go back and just be not monogamous. Like, no, like that's that will never happen again because I'm I've grown past that and literally onto another uh, stage of personal growth in my life. And it's not just about sex. It's about just growth in general. And, you know, literally I feel like, well, and I know just because I actually uh, study, you know, people who are experts on personal growth that, you know, there's different levels of personal growth. And most of us stay at a stage of, you know, being of circumstance that life just happens to you and you have no control over it. Um, but that's not true. Um, right. You know, that's, that's just where most 70% of the population is, is that life just happens to you and you just live your life and, you know, it just happens and you just kind of accept it, but that's, doesn't have to be that way. You know, you can change that. So, you know, I'm way past that. <laughs> and I couldn't go back to that. I couldn't go back to life just happens. And I just accept what has been told to me. No, that's wow. And that, and that's so true. Um, you just, I, I tell people it's so, and it's always still like, like you said, we're always evolving and it's a work and, you know, we think we know, you know, we'll say we, we Oh, I know I don't know everything, but like deep down, we think we know, at least most of it, but then there's just so much that we don't know. You know, we, we have to, you know, find out for ourselves. Um, but I tell people it's so, cause I, I relate to that of living, you know, just that fear and wanting to uh, not rock the boat, but deep down, you, you know, you, you were just kind of aching inside. And, and I relate to, like you said, I had that mask on and it's something so freeing and you're right. I, I, you couldn't pay me, billions of dollars to go back to that lifestyle like and I and people may think that's crazy but it's the truth because just looking at it and being so so tightly wound so miserable and not liking who I am and who I was and but it's so freeing to be able to be like yeah like this is who I am and I like me I love myself like and it's just so huge well and that's and you know that's the key is that you have to love yourself like you have to and and that's hard because like like I said I I was a super codependent person who always felt like I, I it was selfish to love me it was it it was selfish to put me first I should put everyone else above me you know and and think of them first because that's that's what teachers and moms do like you and wives you put everyone else above you and everyone else should come first because I'm the caretaker but and that's a that's a position that women um, feel like naturally they're put in is is if mm -hmm. you're going to be if you're going to be a good woman, quote, you know, then you should be in those positions. But 
but that's not true. Like it, again, society keeps you down by making you feel that way. Um, instead you should always put yourself first and you should be selfish because until you, until you're a strong person, nobody can be strong until you feel confident in yourself. Nobody's going to be confident and you're going to pass on, you know, like I said, generational trauma, things that have been passed down to you that have caused your issues. And you real then you start to realize, damn, I'm passing these things down to my own kids. And they're realizing, you're realizing, I don't want them to act like that. I don't want them to have these kinds of relationships. I want them to be different. I want them to know that this is not how it should be. So then you, you start to break apart all that and realize I'm, I'm going to change it. And, and, you know, it, it is, uh, I can say lonelier at the higher you go, (laughs) the more, Mm -hmm. the more conscious you are, um, the lonelier it gets, um, because your circle gets smaller, but you also realize there is a difference between loneliness and being alone. Um, and, Mm. and you're much more comfortable with being alone because you're much more comfortable with your own thoughts and you're much more comfortable spending time with your own thoughts because you can spend time and think more and think deeper thoughts. Um, you don't need all the distraction anymore. Uh, I spend most of my days literally sitting in my backyard where it's a hundred degrees here in Houston right now. Um, (laughs) but, but like I have, you know, I mean, I, it sounds like it's like, uh, snow white, but I have bunnies in my backyard and my dogs and, and my pool that makes water noises. And I, I, I meditate a, a lot and it's, you know, it's just meditative, just being out there and peaceful and I don't need all the distraction. And I, like I said, I read a lot and I just spend a lot of time learning even more. And it's, I don't need all the distraction around me. I don't need the entertainment. I don't need something more to, you know, or other people to be around me to make me feel satisfied. Um, I'm a super satisfied person within myself. So, and all I strive for is just to be even more that way. So I just find more books about having, you know, the power of positivity and, uh, you know, the power of living for today and now. And, and I've, you know, now personally, I've been through life changing experiences. I broke my neck in a car accident five years ago. Oh, wow. I spent five years recuperating and, and during that period, again, long periods of loneliness where you're literally like having to deal with you know, pain and, and I live in pain daily, but it's mind over matter and realizing, you know, you can control all these aspects of your life by just, you know, your own thoughts. <laughs> and it sounds crazy, but no, not at all. It's absolutely true. Like I, and like I said, this, this interview could literally, I talk for like three hours a night. So <laughs> no, this is awesome. It could, it could last forever. <laughs> no, this is awesome. Um, for me, as someone who um, has to really constantly work and, and, you know, I can look at myself and I've made great strides um, in not being so codependent or people pleasing and putting everyone else first and feeling guilty because you put yourself first. But like in everything, like I still even I it's been like I feel I can look probably like the past like seven years of like, yeah, I've made great strides in that. But even 
whether during like the pan when the you know pandemic first hit, and then kind of like, oh man, maybe I should call so and so. We can't get together, but people who like I kind of pushed away for a reason, but I'm like kind of started getting those feelings, and then I beat myself up because I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm falling back into old habits. Right. But like, how how do you handle where? Because it's, you know, our progress and our growth is not always, you know, linear. It's, it's up and down. Sure. Like, like how, how do you handle those moments where you kind of feel yourself going back into that codependent people pleasing and not beating yourself up for like, like, like once you realize that you started doing those habits again? Um, you know, my hardest, of course, is my family. Like they're my the most difficult to for me um because i've always put them first um but you know i've made some extreme changes in my life over the last year um actually during the pandemic just because i finally have made the realization that my own mental health is more important and literally necessary um for me to not only to be successful but to survive and, and not allow, you know, the things that, you know, I was diagnosed with depression, I was diagnosed with anxiety, like, almost 15 years ago. And I was on medication for all that time. But because of the changes I've made in the last fifth, last year, I've been able to get off medication for both those things. Um, Just because I've picked up meditation and because I've picked up skills of being able to control my emotions and the realization that your emotions are just once you understand that emotions are literally the same as like a physical reaction like like pain I I had the understanding I finally had the understanding that physical pain is just the same as emotional pain um and and that your body just reacts to it so while well, your mind just reacts the same way as your body would react is that you're just reacting. Um, and, and most of our lives, we are just reacting rather than being proactive and planning what we're going to do and how we're going to spend our days. We're just constantly reacting and we're, you know, reacting to an email or reacting to our phone or reacting to our children or reacting to our spouse or reacting to our work or reacting, you know, it's, everything's just a reaction to whatever we need to do. Right. It's Mm -hmm. never, it's never something that we're, we're visualizing ahead of time. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm not a to-do list, but literally saying, okay, I'm going to meditate from between the hours of eight and you know, 10 o'clock, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do this and this. Okay. So these are these are the time frame I've given myself to do these things. So it's in my head that I'm going to do it because, you know, when you do that, then you're, then you, and stop lying to yourself. Like stop telling yourself you're going to go work out if you're just not ever going to go do it. Like literally just say, I'm not going to, like I've told mm. myself, I've told myself literally forever, I'm going to go work out. And then I just don't do it. Like, why do I keep telling myself I'm going to go do it? Uh, it's not going to work because I just don't do it. <laughs> I, mean, I just break promises to myself on a constant basis. And then, then you start feeling bad about it and you feel guilty and you feel like, damn, like, what am I doing? And it's the same thing as like going back and feeling bad about doing things to your friends and are the people that you felt like um, you, uh, you know, should check on or take care of. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like enough 
feeling bad about your choices. And instead of doing that, just plan, plan ahead. What are you, what are you choosing to do? What are you consciously going to do? And, and what is going to be the consequence of, of that? Um, you know, are you going to work out and how's it going to help you? You know, are you going to work out and what, what are you going to get out of it? You know, are you going to meditate? How is that going to help you? If you go and talk to this friend, what's going to be the consequence of it? Is it going to be a one-sided relationship where it's all, all you and that person's not going to ever call you and you're always going to be the one to do it because that's all it's always been? Well, isn't that the reason you probably didn't do it in the first place? You know, and, and you know, I have lost friendships over the last year when I've chosen to do this, but I've also looked at them in a positive manner and said, you know what, I don't wish any of them negatively, even if they reacted to me negatively. I just say to myself, I don't wish harm or negativity on anyone. They're on their own life path and I wish them well, but they're just not at my level. My brain and their brain are not at my level. And I can, I've leveled up. It's literally like a video game. I've leveled up. I'm past that level and I can't go back. So that's okay. You guys are still at that level. You may not get past that level and get to mine and that's okay. I wish you well and that's okay. I don't have to be your friend. And again, your circle may get really small. But again, that's okay too, because you get super comfortable with just being you and being so comfortable with who you are as a person that you're, you value your own time and so much, um, you, you value your time, even, you know, spent making your own choices and going places and, and experiencing those places on your own and not having to experience it with other people that you're like, wow, this is like a cool experience on my own. And you may share that on your podcast, or you may share that with the world another way or take pictures, whatever you choose to do. But, and maybe, you know, express that information with other people that you are on the same level with. But, and what you'll realize too, is, you know, once you put it out there in the universe, that this is the person that you are now, that the same types of people actually find you. Right. And, and it's, it's one of those things where they just happen to find you. You don't even know how. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And you realize, damn, like, how did that person connect to me? Like, why are they even talking to me? I don't know who they are, but why are they talking to me now? But, you know, it, if you don't believe in manifesting things, you should. <laughs> I mean, I, I believe in energy. Um, we're all energy you know, everything we do in our lives is energy. And, you know, all we ever do in this world is another way to harness the energy surrounding us from, you know, Elon Musk trying to go to space. It's just another way to harness energy. Right. And, and the phone you're talking into is, you know, just more energy. So, (laughs) you know, if you just look at yourself as another form of energy, then you just have to learn to connect it. And a lot of times it's just literally like silencing all the bullshit that surrounds you to connect to the energy that's, you know, always there. And that's the cool part of, you know, being that connected to yourself. No. And, and honestly, thank you for that. That's uh, I, uh, 
I I had no clue we would. That's why I do believe in manifest. But like, I had no clue. But I really did honestly need to hear that. No, thank you. Um, I I would be. You know, I know probably people listening will want to know or just interested in um, what in the adult entertainment industry, like, have you picked up or learned that's been able to help you as a intimacy coach? Um just experience um more than anything um you know the more people that you experience life with the more um you know the more intimate you are with people and not just physically but mentally then the more you'll learn you know you just i've i've been able to travel i've been able to talk to i've been able to meet the most interesting people that have had, you know, such interesting lives and, and experiences that being a teacher, there's no way in hell I would have met any of them. Um, and it's given me that opportunity um, to be able to say, you know, because I am a sex worker and because they've been entertained by the, the work that I do and the job that I do. And, you know, I, I'm a performance artist and they find that that, you know, is interesting to them, then I'm able to meet them and learn from them. So, you know, every human connection we make to me is the most important thing in life. So I don't know, that's probably the best thing I've ever done is just to be able to make more community connections. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, those connections always, even in ways that you don't expect it down the road, but those relationships and connections, like you, you, you use them and you know, you're grown from them and you use them in ways that like, Oh wow. Like I, I can't believe I picked this up or this lesson that I learned from this person. Like it, it's helping me right in this situation. It's yeah, those- you never, you just never know. Like just because you meet somebody and maybe they're an athlete or maybe they're, maybe they're a porn star <laughs> or maybe mm-hmm. they're, you know, maybe you expected something of them that was not, you know, what happens, you know, expect the unexpected. <laughs> right. You know, because people are so, like I said, multifaceted. There's so much to human beings. And and most of us really just put people in boxes and and really just kind of say, well, this is all you are is you're just a porn star. You're just this, you're just that. Well, no, most of us are super interesting and we have a lot to share with each other. If you just give each other a chance. Now I know for me, and I I try to tell people this, like from doing like different podcasts that I've done there, you know, you you value every, and you, you try, you do your best to take every episode like serious and and you try, you value all of them. But there's sometimes when I'm like in the middle of an episode and like I can feel like that connection. I'm like, oh, this is really going really great. Like this is going well. And I kind of wondered for you when you are like when you're filming, is it is it just like kind of like, all right, I have a job to do. And like each each person like, you know, there's just that respect factor. But like the like does it kind of like is each person like okay like this is the person I'm performing with today or do you have those times where you're like wow like the chemistry like the on screen chemistry is like 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 you you feel it yourself 
Um, I'm pretty good about being, I'm a really physical person when it comes to my filming. If you're talking about like physically, like in my films. So most of what I do during that is very, it's all real. And I I mean, I do perform when it comes to like the talking and that kind of thing. I, I don't know. My D personality is a bit more, um, out there and, a little more silly and giggly and you know but that's also just how I get when I'm excited about you know a sexual you know you know situation so you know I can be you know that kind of silly person but uh I don't really put a lot of thought into the person that like I'm gonna work with I don't normally even ask like I work with a lot of amateurs and people and fans um, mm-hmm. since I own my own production company. So most of my movies are made with fans um, here in Houston. And I don't really, they're probably way more nervous than I am because I'm so used to what I do. Right. Um, and really it's, I mean, the most thought I put into things is, is the talking and having to actually act out the parts, you know, before or during that I actually have to talk. Um, but when it comes to the physicality of it, I just go with the flow. I don't really, I really make everyone else more comfortable because I'm pretty dominant <laughs> and not dominant in the sense of like being a dom. Right. Just, just in the sense of taking over and making sure things go the way they should go. Um, so I just, you know, kind of make everything comfortable. So, yeah, I, I, you know, and then, of course, uh, but for me, I think when it comes to connection, there has to be way more of a conversation um, right. than a physicality thing. Um, I, I most of the time when it comes to people I film with, I don't really remember who you are unless I've had a conversation <laughs> with you, like sat down and actually had a conversation with you. So. Um, the people I become friends with and actually have conversations with, then I'll remember them. But if it's just a, a group scene or something quick and it's like, okay, you came here to film with me and then you left, I'll probably remember like your penis or something and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even remember your face. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really have so many like connections through physical contact as it do through mental Mm-hmm. Now, was that kind of like, so uh, when you first, because if I correct me if I'm wrong, like getting into the industry when you're in your 30s is not the the norm. Um, uh, yeah. Now, what like kind of like the like looking back, do you feel like everything like 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 a natural progression or was that like a real like coming out of your shell, taking a chance, like joining like the industry at that time? Um, I, well, like I said, I was a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. so I, for me, it, it was a progression because I was a swinger before that. Um, and then I had a friend who was a, uh, webcam girl and she, um, you know, this was back in 2008 and that was before webcam became like what it is now. It was, it was not that big of a deal and not very many companies out there. Everything was super private. Um, and I worked for a company called iFriends, which is no longer around. Um, 
but everything was private online. Um, so you could talk to me and sit and talk to me on webcam, but she wouldn't play or anything unless it's private. And, you know, I, so she did it on the down low and she told me about it. And at that point uh, in my teaching career, I always loved my children, but the system was pretty effed up. Mm-hmm. in Houston that was after Katrina in New Orleans and everyone moved here and and the system just the system's always messed up in public school but right it was, it was especially messed up then um where I was and that's another story but um that uh really put me in a position where I just really had had enough and my um school and the principal and the situation I was in was just overwhelming mentally. And so I just decided really that summer. um, And mind you, by that point, like I literally was leaving during lunchtime where my husband would pick me up and I would hook up with like my boy toy in the car for like my 30 minute lunch. And then he would drop me back off at school. So like, I mean, pretty bad, like not bad, but I was not a teacher. Um, (laughs) then I would, after that, it was like, okay, what am I doing? And so I, I tried webcam, uh, that summer, like after school was over until I had to make a choice by July 21st. That was when my contract had to be re-signed and do I want to, you know, go back into teaching and, uh, yeah. So from like the end of May to July 21st, I made almost as much as I made teaching the whole year. And that was like in two months and I was like, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) So (laughs) I never went back. Um, And so it was just, I did webcam strictly for about six months. My youngest child was small at the time and I, he was able to stay home with me and I worked at night. And so it gave me the flexibility I wanted and he didn't have to go to daycare and that saved me money. And on top of that, like I said, I made so much money that it was like, what am I doing? Why would I ever go back to teaching? Right. And after six months, Hustler hit me up and asked me to do an interview. And then I had another, um, uh, Naughty Alicia and her husband out of Florida asked me to make a video and yeah, I, never looked back it was we had the discussion of you know how is it going to change our family when people find out and all that and honestly I'm still going through that like every child that I have by the when they become well when they become you know older teenagers I have issues with parents and friends finding out and then it's an adjustment um, because parents are weird and they don't let them come to my house for whatever reason um it's a shame yeah because there's just stigma and again houston it's super conservative and they just you know put a stigma on it and have strange ideas of what it is and you know i pretty much tell them it's crazy because i i do things like this and talk all day long and play video games and get paid to do that too so (laughs) i i don't know what i'm i don't know what they're worried about like i'm like your kids play video games for free so what exactly what exactly am i doing that your children are worried about so because i don't film anything around anybody (laughs) of course (laughs) um so yeah it's you know the stigma is gonna be there and it's just unfortunate and it'll change but it's going to take a lot to change it because, and, but that's where the talking comes into play is that you just have to educate people and not, 
not be afraid to educate them. And, you know, I speak for myself too, because I, I don't like to talk to those people. I avoid them (laughs) and (laughs) I don't hang out with anybody and I would prefer not dealing with anybody that has that kind of judgment attitude towards it. But, you know, it's something that you eventually just have to say, look, you know, you have the wrong idea and you're, you're the one that's whatever judgment's coming. It's that's your problem, not mine. So but, you know, I, I have three kids. My oldest are both either adults or in college. And, you know, we've gotten through it. And now the youngest is in high school. And eventually it'll get, <laughs> we'll be done right. with that one, too. And it'll be one of those things that's in the past. And, um, yeah, I just think people are super judgy and for the wrong reasons and don't understand. No, absolutely. No, and I and I agree and, and and I kudos for you for sticking to your true self and not letting the those people who are not open-minded and have been sheltered, you know, not letting that that affect you and, and affect the lifestyle and affect, you know, I know you probably just can feel it that you know, you and your husband are raising your kids to do, you know, well and do right and that's all that matters. And and for those people, like it's a shame because they're hurting their child from meeting having you know good friendships, you know potentially. It, it is, and and really, it's just more of a wanting to again, like my dad said, who the hell wants to wake up? Like yeah. it's the same attitude of our like they said is you know I'm just waiting for them to be 21. They it's I don't want to deal with it it's the attitude of, Oh my gosh, now you've just made life too real. You mean my 16 year old knows about sex. Oh crap. (laughs) And it's like, come on, don't you remember being 16? And you wonder like, at what stage do you forget that you were 16? Like, I don't, I don't forget that I was 16. Like, when did you? So why would you think that your child would be any different? Like you're not going to, shelter them forever they're literally human and and so i don't i've raised mine to be very very um uh mature um and honest and communicative and um you know open about their communication and discuss things with me and you know we know about birth control and we know about sex and we know and are we explicit? No, like we don't talk about explicit things because that's just weird. And, right. You know, and instead they are, you know, in honors programs and gifted and in, you know, the best programs in college and going to be doctors and are in, you know, sports agencies. And like literally they're going to be the people who run the world after I'm done. <laughs> so it's. <sighs> It's like, what are we doing by sheltering our kids to the point of not teaching? You know, you're, you're allowing people, you're allowing your children not to be taught, um, which is just, I don't understand as a, as an educator. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm literally somebody who's educated and why would you not want your child to be educated? It's the truth. No, uh, um, absolutely. And so for, for this one on, on our, uh, to, to wrap it up on some, like, I guess some, some fun, interesting ones. Cause 
I you I heard you in past you know podcasts talk about how you love to read and you there. Hello, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I heard you in past podcasts talk about how much you love to read, and then you talk. You know, I know you 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 play video games, so it doesn't have to be one. Like, just name a few of first your favorite video games, and then second, like your your favorite books. Um. Video games wise, I'm playing Little Monsters right now on Steam. That okay. is like the game I am playing. It, it's difficult. It's like a puzzle game. It's dark and creepy, and <laughs> and you get you get killed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, books, everything I read honestly is about uh, psychology and, um, like I said, there's the power of positivity, the power of now, which is by Eckhart Tolle. Um, there's a book called The Book of Awakening by Mark Nepo, which is a daily. Um, Thing that you can read and helps you meditate um untamed which was by glenn glennon doyle i can go on and on i have like five books i'm reading right now no it's um, awesome so um yeah i i don't know i add to my collection all the time so those are a few that i'm reading right now i have a book right that is sitting on my desk called the a Course in Miracles, which <laughs> is literally A Course in Miracles. It's a text, a workbook for students, and a manual for teachers. And it's, um, what, 1,200 pages. So I have not started that one yet. I have to finish these other ones before I decide to begin to perform miracles or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it looked interesting to me. So I thought, okay, we'll, we'll start reading that one. But um, – I'm actually um, just now getting into, uh, there's a, a group, which is an educational group called Mind Valley, um, and you can go to mindvalley.com, and I'm not, I'm not uh, here to, like, promote them in the sense of anything except that I find them completely interesting and exceptional. But it's a lot of master classes. It's like 207 master classes of people who um, literally just are about your consciousness and upper consciousness and teaching you um, all kinds of things about how to be indistractable and learning how to, you know, basically learn better and teach better and work better and um, level up in your life. So I'm all about that. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. All so about cool. personal growth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm right there with you, and that's that's so cool. Um, and is there anything that you're getting ready to do that you want to, you know, plug before we, we wrap up? Um, whether any kind of special projects coming up for people to to look out for, or um, you can find me. Well, um, let's see. I'll just give you all my information. Uh, my Instagram is. At Official D Siren, my uh, Instagram for my intimacy coaching is uh, the dot love siren. My website for my intimacy coaching is the lovesiren.com. Uh, I do coaching for non-traditional relationships, yourself, and um, also coaching for, well, I'm also an industry coach and mentor. So people who are interested in getting into the adult industry, um, if you'd like a way to get in that is safe and also, um, 
you know, beneficial to making money rather than just going willy nilly like I had to, um, then uh, I offer that as well. And uh, other than that, my website for my adult work is mrssiren.com. And I have an OnlyFans that is my fan page. And that's OnlyFans.com slash mrssiren. All right. That is so awesome. And I just want to thank you so much for such a real and inspiring and just educational, you know, throwing out the teacher thing, educational, <laughs> educational conversation. It was really awesome. And, and thank you so much. No problem. I enjoyed it. All right. So for the one and only, the amazing D Siren, I'm D Rock. Thank you guys for listening to after hour sessions podcast take care and all right thank you no thank you it was that was really awesome that was such a great great interview awesome so much yeah. fun yes yes no thank you so much okay no problem all right talk you, t- to you soon. talk to you soon okay bye-bye all right bye